The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, and Pocket Cast. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred and Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. The boys of summer are coming back and they're in camp today. We'll talk about baseball returning on the 24th. The hub cities are official. You'll hear my take, and the Jackets have lifted another player off the IR. A good weekend in sports, two races at Pocono, as well as the Travelers Championship, which leads into this weekend, the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit, Michigan. 80 And it serves you right. It serves you right. A lot to get into today on this special edition of All Andy Offered. Why? Because it's Canada Day! Happy Canada Day! Guess who's back? All Andy Offered. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys, and welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred tonight, right here on your exclusive home for me, and that is the Anchor Network. And you're listening to us tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And, well, you can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at... All Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred as well as on Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. Welcome into the program. Happy Canada Day, folks. July 1st, the nation of Canada celebrates its Independence Day and its nation co- holiday. So I'm sipping a high noon right here. Watermelon flavor. I'm okay on the watermelon flavor, it's pretty good. Celebrating Canada Day as we get ready for the big holiday weekend, which is this upcoming Friday. We will do a podcast this Friday, a special version of the show. Yes, it will be a Facebook Live show. Yes, we are going to do a Facebook Live show as we get you set for the start of the 4th of July holiday weekend as the big PGA Tour event is in Detroit about an hour away from where we're doing these podcasts. Um, a lot to get into tonight. We'll talk about that as well as talking about the hub cities have been announced in the NHL. And it's going to be north of the border. So Canada Canada gets a extra special Canada Day with the two announcements of where the NHL playoffs are going to be. We'll talk about that tonight as well as we'll talk about 85%. We'll talk about that, and it serves you right as well. Like I said, you can be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alford. It is at all Andy Alford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. And if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts now every Tuesday and Friday right here on All Andy Alford. I want to first and foremost start off. With the announcement last week, of course, you heard that Major League Baseball is coming back 
as the boys of summer have made their triumphant return to the diamond and it started today as camps reported as players have reported to camp uh, the indians have reported to camp as well as the tigers the reds have reported as well it is a good day baseball is set to return july 24th now we don't have everybody's schedule out yet Nobody has really released much of the schedule, but yours truly has picked up a copy of one schedule in particular, and I wanted to share with it to you tonight on the program. Uh, I follow on Twitter of the Cincinnati Reds. I like the Reds. They're my National League team. I've always liked the Reds. I'm actually leaning more towards the Reds now than I have in the past. Because there's potential with the Reds this year than there has been the last couple years. And how Detroit has been playing so terrible. I'm leaning towards Joey Bats and the Cincinnati Reds. Now the Reds have released their 2020 schedule for this season. We're going to go through that schedule for you tonight right here on the program. And it's going to start with a three-game series, the 24th, the 25th, and the 26th of July three games against the Detroit Tigers all games between four and eight four and one o'clock a lot of the games are going to be afternoon and evening games in Cincinnati the three games against Detroit a 410 a 610 and a 110 start time and then they will have four game homestand continuing with the Chicago Cubs for four straight They'll have the Cubs for four straight. Then they'll hit to Detroit July 31st, 1st, and 2nd of August before hosting the Cleveland Indians for two games before going back on the road to take on the Cleveland Indians. They'll take on the Brewers in Milwaukee the 7th, 8th, and 9th of August. They'll return home the 11th and 12th after a day off on the 10th to play the Royals. A day off on the 13th season play the Pirates for four straight. The 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th of August, then they hit two games against Kansas City, three games, four games against St. Louis, four games against Milwaukee. They'll have the Cubs back into Cincinnati the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st of August, and then we get into the first week of September. Two games against the Cardinals before they hit the road to play three against the Pirates, three against the Cubs, and three against the Cardinals before they finish up the home season against three against the Pirates. Three against the White Sox. Three against the Brewers. They'll finish the season the 25th, 26th, and 27th of September against the Minnesota Twins. So the Central is playing the Central. The East is playing the East. And the West will play the West. How it looks like this. It will be the Indians, the White Sox, the White Sox, the Twins, the Tigers, and the Royals. So Royals, Indians, Twins, White Sox, Tigers. All five teams will play each other 40 between all. Everybody will play 40 games in the division. 20 games will be played within the interleague division. So the with the Central playing the Central, it will be the Cubs, the Reds, the Cardinals, the Pirates, the Brewers as well. I like it. it keeps everything close by. I, I, I like that a lot. I think they did a great job. But, you know, for me, the big thing is going to be the West, the AL and the NL West. You have teams in the West that are, you know, in that terrain area. You have all the teams in California with the with the Angels, the, the Dodgers, the Padres, and the, and the Giants. All four teams are going to be playing against each other. And then you have the, the, um, the A's in their final season in Oakland, Seattle. Texas, and then Houston. That's a further distance, a longer distance for those teams. And then you have Arizona, of course, and Colorado. So you have all these teams. That's a lot of traveling. And it's the same way within the East. In the East, you have the Yankees, the Red Sox, the the Orioles, as well as Tampa Bay. That's the key thing, Tampa Bay. Remember that, folks. And then in the National League East, the Mets, the
the Braves, the Marlins, you have the Phillies, you have all these teams. It's a lot of traveling going up and down the coast when it comes to that. It's a lot of traveling. But I can see why they decided to stay close because those teams have to stay close to one another because they're you know, they're falling in line with the COVID-19 situation. And I'm just glad that we're getting baseball back. I'm just glad that the camps are coming back. I'm just glad that, you know, we're seeing a lot of potential coming out of, you know, out of what we're seeing. I knew I know we are getting some results saying that some of the players are coming back. Some players are coming back testing positive with the COVID-19 situation, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Now, these teams are going to have player pools. The player pools are going to be interesting. It's going to be a 40-man roster to start the season. Okay? But they're going to keep 72 players altogether. So where are these player pools going to go? Well, the International League and the the uh, the PCL, Pacific Coast League, uh, and all minor league baseball has been canceled for the 2020 season. And so there is no baseball in Mudville. There will be no baseball at Huntington Park. There will be no baseball at BBT Park in Charlotte. And no baseball is being played at Victory Field this year. So, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of teams are going to be staying close with those player pools. Here in Toledo, where we're doing the podcast, the Detroit Tiger farm team is the Toledo Mudhens, and they are going to use Fifth Third Field as a player pool spot. So the players are going to be practicing, doing team drills, doing everything in Toledo to practice, to get ready to... If anything ever does happen in Detroit, knock on wood, any player gets sick, any player gets injured, they can take from that pool, insert them back into Detroit, and it'd be perfectly, perfectly fine. I like that idea. I like that idea altogether, especially because of what we're dealing with this season. So this was coming out of Major League Baseball. They have a projection of who the starting lineups are going to be. For this year, we'll start first and foremost with the Indians. Indians lineup lineup looks Indians lineup is going to look like this. Lindor is going to lead off. Marcado, Oscar Marcado, Carlos Santana, Fermil Reyes, and Jose Ramirez top five. And then Domingo Santana, and then Tyler Naquin, Cesar Hernandez. And Roberto Perez catching. That's your top nine. And then the pitching order looks like this. It's going to be Clevin. It's going to be Beaver, Clevenger, Carrasco, Plunko, and Plesak is the starting five rotation for the Indians. For the Tigers, this is what it looks like for them. It will be Goodrum, Reyes, Cabrera, Cron, Scroop, Stewart, Candelario, Romine, Jones. Doesn't that not all sound like besides Miguel Cabrera? Uh, Toledo Mudhead lineup. Pitchers looks like this. Matt Boyd and Jordan Zimmerman, of course. And then you have Spencer Turnbull, Daniel Norris, and Ivan Nova. That's your starting five for the Tigers. This is what the projection looks like. This is projections. All right. And then looking at the White Sox really quickly, I wanted to make mention of this because this is, this is a good lineup right here. Tim Henderson. Johan Mancada, Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, Edwin Encarnacion, Norma Maraza, Luis Garcia, and Luis Robert. That's a lineup. That is a good lineup. Jolito Conco is your one-two combo. Lopez, Cease, and Gio Gonzalez as your starting five rotation for the for the pale hose on the south side. That is a good lineup for them. Absolutely a good lineup for them. Then you look at in the National League side of things, of course, for the for the uh in the National League Central, Cubs-wise, this is what the Cubs 
projected starting lineup is going to look like. It's going to be Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Hayward, Hap, Almora Jr., and Jason Kipnis making the team this year. That's going to be interesting. The starting rotation looks like this. Darvish, the number one. Hendricks, number two. John Lester, three. Quintana, four. And Chatwood being the fifth starter. For the Reds, this is what it looks like. The Reds lineup looks pretty, pretty decent. You have Shogo Amada, the left fielder, the, the Japanese sensation. Joey Votto, Suarez, Mike Moustakis. Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winkler, Nick Scherzel, Tucker Barnhart, and Freddie Galvis is the starting uh, starting nine. Pitching-wise, you have Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, and Anthony Scarafani. So it's going to be a good lineup for the Reds. I really think that's going to be a good lineup for the Reds. So that's what their project. That's the projection opening light lineups, closers, uh, uh, opening day lineup for the and the starting rotation for the for the season. The question is, when are we going to get the full schedule? When are the Indian schedule going to be released? When is the when is the Tiger schedule going to be released? You know, technically today, with it being August first. The Indians would have started today, finish up a starting up, finishing up a series against the Astros, and then they would have had three games against the Twins before they play the Reds, and then we have All Star break by the 14th. So we shall see. The schedule is scheduled to come out, you know, the, for everybody soon enough. But we got that first taste of what the Reds lineup is gonna, the schedule is gonna look like for them. And uh, I hope that that's for for good because the red schedule looks pretty pretty good. It look it looks fantastic, in my opinion. Well, we shall see. We shall see. And I'm just glad that we're getting baseball back. I know it's going to hurt because we don't have minor league baseball to talk about here on this program this year with the Mud Hens, you know, and the new management that's in. We'll have to wait a year. Let's get through. 2020 for the rest of the year. Hopefully we get through the rest of the year as well. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program tonight as we now continue the sports conquest as we find out today on this Canada Day that Canada gets a special gift the Stanley Cup playoffs are going to be in Canada this year. So we find out today that Canada, on this Canada Day, that the cities, the two hub cities have been announced. According to Bob McKenzie, who is a reliable source when it comes to the NHL, that the NHL playoffs will commence in the great country of Canada this season. And this is what it looks like, folks. Now, please bear with me. I'm going to answer your questions momentarily. The two cities that will host the games will be the in Edmonton, Alberta. And in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And here is what the teams will look like in those cities. In Toronto, it will be Western Conference teams. Yes, I said that right. Western Conference teams will be playing in Toronto for the Stanley Cup playoffs, which means the Eastern Conference will be playing in Edmonton. Now, looking at this, looking at this, I like this. I like Edmonton a little bit more than Columbus now. In Toronto, I like it a little bit more than you know Vegas, and I'll I'll say I'll say why here in just a minute. I like that the NHL is going to have the opposite divisions in different in the opposite buildings. 
because there will be no true home ice advantage when it comes to it. You can't have Toronto playing in Toronto. You can't have Edmonton playing in Edmonton against Chicago. You can't have that. I like this. I really do. And with Edmonton's standpoint, the the arena is built in. There's the arena, and then there's a walkway. Connected to the walkway is a hotel. You host all the teams within that building. And there's practice facilities right there. And there's the big rink. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Same way whether it is in Toronto. Toronto has the Marlies in a somewhat mall kind of a building. They have a mall, and in the mall is a, is an ice rink. And that's where the AAA farm team of Toronto Maple Leafs play. The Toronto Marlies play in that arena. You can have that as a facility for practicing. You could have that facility. The Toronto Maple Leafs facility is adjacent to Air Canada Center. They can practice there. And there's hotels around Air Canada Center. That is perfect to host the Western Conference teams. Now, you're going to say to me, well, I don't think that's a good idea because, you know, the cases in the states are rising. The cases in Canada are falling. The United States is not ready yet for for this to happen. Baseball-wise, yes, because it's outdoors. Indoor sports like hockey and basketball, and I'll get to basketball here in just a second. Sports like hockey can't have, won't have fans. So you know you're going to have piping in. But I did get some information that was passed along to me from a good friend that works in the sports field that's going to be covering the NHL playoffs. And he's telling me this. It's going to be very, very limited in staffing when it comes to buildings, in the buildings, for for coverage-wise. Because of they will have NHL officials, they'll have the NHL, you know, the scorekeepers, timekeepers, penalty box attendants, uh, ice facilities, and um, and a few people, you know, to keep keep everything organized, as well as camera work, audio work, visual work. However, the visual work with the camera work will be all done by Canadian workers. All feeds will be going through Canada through the Canadian workers, and it will be shared. The feed will be shared to through Canada. And through the United States. NBC will be carrying the feed, will be taking the feed and working it remotely from Stamford, Connecticut. So there will be only one rink reporter. One rink reporter for the whole playoff situation. And the whole season. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know... I'm not gonna hear. I'm not gonna hear Brian. Ge- I'll hear Brian Giesensloff and and, and John Luke Grandpierre in the studio. That's fine, but Rimmer and Shelley are gonna be working in a in a building next door, calling the game that way, if the jackets get the jacket feed. But it looks like NBC is gonna take the whole feed and take everything. I like to see what's going to happen. I like to see what's going to happen, you know. And I do like, uh, and I will say this, I do like the fact that they're going to play Western Conference and Eastern Conference facilities and Eastern Conference and Western Conference facilities. Because it's it's basically like the NCAA tournament. There is no home court advantage when it comes to things like this. Sure, you'll get that rare occasion where a Michigan State's going to play in Detroit or you're going to have a Syracuse that's going to play at Madison Square Garden. Or you're going to have that kind of a thing once in a while. But the NHL says, we're not going to have that. We're going to have it playing even out. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I can't wait. Training camps are underway. They're, some of the teams are into phase three of training camp. already, Where they're letting the players in. 
Some training camps have not yet gotten into phase three yet, have gotten into phase two where they're just practicing individual teams. One in particular, the Carolina Hurricanes, where they're practicing individually still. Um, in Columbus, they are doing groups of 10, which is what the state requirement is right now for gatherings of 10 or more. So 10 team, 10 players, that's including the coaches, on the ice practicing, getting used to getting their legs back. And we got good news today as Alexander Texier was lifted off of the IR and will be in the lineup for the Jackets. So if you look at what's left on the injured reserve list, Brandon Dubitsky, his career is done. I, I, I think Doobie's done. I'm, unfortunately, I have to say that. And pretty much that's it. I, I just, I just don't know. I think this team is ready, and playing against Toronto now in a Western Conference building, in a neutral playing site, I got to give the edge to Columbus more and more now, more and more, and I love it. I love it. The good news is that Cam Atkinson has been very, very good. He made a donation today to Riverside Methodist Hospital in Ohio House Riverside Methodist Hospital and a gift of $40,313 to the foundation, which will help where two, his two children were born for, a, for COVID-19 testing results. But Taxier, like I mentioned, was lifted off of the reserve list today. Um, he has six goals, seven assists with 13 points, 10 minutes in penalties, and a plus three in 36 games before he suffered the back injury against Florida on New Year's Eve, which sidelined him for the final 30 games of the 2019-2020 season. So all that's really left is, you know, Dubitsky, and I don't think he'll be coming back. So we have the full team ready to go. I'm excited. I'm excited. And of course, the NHL draft was this past week. And they they had the lottery situation like that. And Detroit does not get the top spot. <laughs> they got screwed out of the they got screwed. I love it. It's like uh nope. Not gonna happen. Detroit gets the fourth overall pick. In the draft. Isn't that something? So right now, the place that looks like this. The placeholder team is the first overall pick, which will be they'll determine during phase two of the playoff situation. During the second phase of the of the NHL draft lottery. The second round pick are the LA Kings. Third pick is the Ottawa Senators. Fourth pick is the Detroit Red Wings. The fifth pick is the Ottawa Senators. Sixth is Anaheim. Seventh is New Jersey. Eighth is Buffalo. Nine through 15 will be assigned to other teams that lose the eight qualifying series in, rever in reverse of order of their point percentage. And 16 through 31 will be determined by the results of the playoff situation. So... So the Kings get the second overall pick, Ottawa the third, and Detroit gets the fourth overall pick. It's just funny. I just think Detroit gets screwed again when it comes to that. And I love the, the report. I, I love the article that came out from Dave McCarty. And it was uh, he wrote this article on the 29th of, of June. And he wrote, Jackets, Blue Jackets out. To win Stanley Cup, not number one pick, Felino says. Captain confident they can defeat the Maple Leafs in a qualifying series. The Jackets are confident they can defeat Toronto in a best of five playoff series. And the players are not thinking of the possibility of Columbus winning the number one spot in the second phase of the 2020 draft. No, they're thinking of winning the Stanley Cup. Columbus, which is 33, 22, and 15 before the pause of the season 
in March 12th due to the coronavirus is the number ninth seed in the Eastern Conference qualifier. Toronto, the number eighth seed at 36, 25, and 9. That's, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting series. The number one pick is likely to be forward Alex Lafferty, the two-time Canadian CHL Player of the Year and who was number one in the Central Scouting Final rankings of North American, state, North American skaters. Let me read you a quote that Felino said here. He said, quote, that one doesn't fly for me. We played to win the Stanley Cup regardless. The number one pick where management job comes into play. You want to make their job hard on them. And I don't think any of us are looking to play for the first overall pick. Being in that position where my team is drafting first overall, it's not the position I ever want to be during my career. If we're coming back, we're coming back to win. The jackets are ready. Playoffs are coming, folks. Get ready for it. Because we'll have you covered right here on All Andy Alford. Be back in a minute. So let's do a recap of this past weekend. Welcome back into the program, by the way. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And let's do a recap of what we saw this past weekend, of course. Like we said, there hasn't been that much sports, but we have some action to talk about today. First and foremost, we have a big PGA event that's going to be taking place up the road in Detroit, Michigan at the Detroit Country Club as it is the Rocket Mortgage Classic that will be taking place this upcoming weekend. A $7.5 million purse on the table for this big tournament. But this past weekend was the Travelers Championship that took pay, took place as, as it was a doozy of a game, doozy of a tournament in Cromwell, Connecticut. Dustin Johnson was the overall winner of the tournament. Got a little bit shaky towards the end as it was Streaming getting close, having a great game. He shot a 67 in his round four, but his round three was fantastic. He shot a 63 overall on the weekend, 66, 66, 63, and 67, finishing 18th under par. But like I said, Dustin Johnson, the winner, he finishes 19 under par. His four rounds consisted of a 69 in round one, 64 in round two, 61 in round three, and a 67 in round four. Will, will Gordon tied for third, finishing 17 under par. He finished 66, 62, 71, and 64. Mackenzie Hughes, the Canadian, finishes also in third at 17 under. He was 60, 68, 68, and 67. Some of the notables to, to pass along, Bryson Shambo, 15 under par. He finishes his three four rounds with a 65, 67, 65, and 68. It was... Rory McIlroy finishing 13 under par, 63, 68, 69, and 67. It was also uh, Patrick Reed, 11 under par, finishing tie for 24th with a 70, 66, 69, and 64. Phil Mickelson was playing in the tournament. He finishes 11 under par, 64, 63, and he shot in rounds 3 and 4, a 71. Sergio Garcia, 10 under par, 64, 70, 70, and 66, he's tied, finished tied for 32nd place. Uh, um, looking at also Jason Day, 700 par, tied for 46. He shot a 67, two 69s in rounds two and three, and a 68 in round four. Jim Furyk, 600 par, 69, 65, 70, and 70 in his four rounds. So some of the names that miss the cut, of course, from this past weekend, uh, let's look at here. Ryan Palmer, 67 and 71, did not make the cut. Um, Justin Rose, 67 and 73, did not make the cut. Um, I want to find it. I forget off the top of my head. Uh, let's see here. I can find it really quickly for you here. Jordan Spieth actually tied for 54th. He shot six under par, a 66 and three straight 69s. He tied for 54th place with Jim Furyk, with who shot the 69, 65 in a pair of 70s. 
as well. So they get ready to head into Detroit this weekend for the big Rocket Mortgage Classic. The defending champion is Nate Lashley. Um, the question is, who's what the score is going to be? What's the top score going to be? Uh, is it going to be 19 under par? Is it going to be 16 under par? My guess is going to be 17 under par. That's what I really think it's going to be for this tournament. The ground, the greens are going to be dry. I mean, the grass is going to be dry. It's going to be fast. So the ball is going to be, you know, rolling quickly, depending on how well that course is maintained. But it will be, it'll be interesting. It'll absolutely be interesting. So if you got something to look forward to this weekend. Uh, no, no crowds in Detroit allowed for the Rocket Mortgage Classic, but it's interesting. FedEx point, cut points look like this. Uh, Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy's in fourth, and Patrick Reed is in fifth, the top five for that one in the overall FedEx Cup racing. Speaking of racing, NASCAR was in action, of course, this past weekend. They did two races at Pocono Speedway in the beautiful city, in, in beautiful in Bo beautiful Pocono. And the first race saw Kevin Harvick in Long Pond Poke in Pennsylvania. Kevin Harvick getting the win in race number one. Denny Hamlin in second. Eric Almarola in third. Bell was fourth. Kyle Busch finishes in fifth spot. And then the next day, of course, it was Denny Hamlin finishing up in the top spot, leading 49 laps in the race. Kevin Harvick finishes in second, Eric Jones in third, Chase Elliott in fourth, and Eric Amarola finishes in fifth place. So this weekend, it will be an NBC race, Sunday at 4 o'clock, as they head to... Indianapolis, Indiana, where they will have the Brickyard 400 from International Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Kevin Harvick is the defending champion. 4 o'clock start time. That is on NBC. Then they will head then to Kentucky Speedway the following weekend to take on the, the Quaker State and Lube 400 and Kentucky Speedway. Um, looking at it, the Michigan race is now August 9th. Looking forward to that 3.30 start time for that one. So we'll see what happens with that, of course. And um, going back to golf really, really quickly, congratulations are in order to Michelle Wee, who gave birth to a daughter. And uh, she's... Uh, she gave birth to a daughter. The women's open, uh, U.S. Open champion announced on Instagram that she and her husband, Golden State Warriors Johnny West, are, par are parents of a daughter. Friday, uh, Kenya baby, I've waited my entire life to meet you. Wrote Michelle Wee on her Instagram. The baby named Mikaia Keely Wu West, the 30-year-old Wee, was born and raised in Honolulu. Kalani is. Hawaiian for beloved child. We and West, son of the NBA great Jerry West, were married in August. They announced their pregnancy in January. And the cool thing was I saw a picture the other day of her with the baby, and the baby was out. They were out. On, she was back out on the driving range. And like I mentioned before, July 31st, we're 30 days away from the LPGA Drive-On Championship from Inverness Club, the $1 million purse as all, all golfers will be participating in that. July 31st through August 2nd, yours truly will be there as well as the following week, August 6th through the 9th at beautiful Highland Meadows Golf Course on the beautiful surroundings of Sylvania, Ohio. Yes, folks. The Marathon Classic, presented by Dana, returns to returns to to beautiful Sylvania, Ohio, and the Northwest Ohio sport scene. Wanted to share this as well with you before we continued on uh, about the Marathon Classic. Marathon Classic also released the protocols 
for the upcoming Marathon Classic presented by Dana. And I wanted to share with you because of what's going to happen when you get to the course. And of course, this is the protocols for because of COVID-19. They are going to allow spectators here at the at the at Highland Meadows. Here's the here's the situation though. Before you leave, all attendees will be asked to review the CDC symptom questionnaire. Note: If you experience any symptoms of your temperature of 100 degrees or higher, please seek a medical advice and do not attend the tournament. As you arrive, the LPGA. Marathon Classic strongly encourages spectators to wear a mask. Attendees will be invited to bring their own mask or provide one upon or provided one upon arrival. Please be respectful of your fellow patrons by wearing a mask when walking the course and or when not when around non-family members. All spectators will be and volunteers will go through a thermal scanning prior to gaining access to the course. If the temperature reads 100 degrees or higher, the individual will be asked to stay home and seek medical advice and while you're on the course this is what's going to be happening social distancing you'll be maintaining six feet of separation at all times sanitizer dispensaries will be located throughout the property for convenient access here's a big one for you all point of sale locations will only accept credit cards no cash transactions parking public parking is a lot will be available in lot b located on centennial road thermal scanning will be available at that location and unfortunately, autographs will not be permitted this year in the Marathon Classic. So, sorry to say that to all the kids that like to go out and get autographs from the players. Um, what I also read is that there will be no grandstands this year. Uh, so, you will be standing most of the tournament. You'll be standing most of the tournament. But we are 32 days away from the start of the Marathon Classic. And uh, just looking forward to it. And uh, here's here's the big thing. Uh, this year, the LPGA Cla Marathon Classic will implement and execute protocols to allow patrons to be permitted on the property only Thursday through Sunday of the tournament week. Gates will close to the public Monday through Wednesday. Uh, for the 2020 tournament, the clubhouse will be only used by LPGA players, caddy, and media. The clubhouse ticket holders will be have access to a new space, the clubhouse courtyard, which is located near the first and tenth box tees. This space is created to maintain an exclusive spot where, while keeping patrons outdoors. The good news is that the LPGA will give free admissions to retired and active military personnel, fire, police, EMS, frontline healthcare workers, first responders, and grocery store employees. Each spectator that falls into these groups can also bring one free guest of, of free of charge. Valid ID must be shown at the main entrance. Tickets can also be purchased at Kroger stores as well as on MarathonClassic.com. Like I mentioned before, all bleachers, on-site bleachers have been eliminated for the 2020 season, uh, 2020 tournament. Home marshals will be assigned to walk with the competition ropes through proper social distancing for the players and spectators with the purpose of remain, re, remaining guests to social distance. And like I mentioned before, no uh, uh, on-site concession retail will be assigned a capacity limit in order of the state, county, and city guidelines. All staffing will be abide to the requirements so protection guidelines and will be provided additional individual protection kits, i.e. gloves, masks, and PPE. A food preparation will meet the public health guidelines. Beverage service will follow the public health guidelines. Beverage service staff will pour glass bottles containing into cups for patron usage. And like I mentioned before, the parking will be on Spentennial Road. Thermal scanning will be also available at the main gate for patrons who do not park in B and D. So you will be scanned when you, you can, if you park in B, you'll be scanned and temperature checked there. Get on the bus, you get dropped off at the gate, and you go right in. If you're not going to get scanned at the public lot, then you will have to go and get scanned at the course. So there is that for you tonight. As you are listening to all Andy Elford tonight, of course, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now we get to the topic of what's happening 
if you saw my Facebook or Twitter account. It's time for what's happening. Okay, so I posted this on Facebook and Twitter, and people were asking, well, what's this, this topic that's going to be called What's Happening? Well, at the beginning of the show, you heard me say 85. And this is also the What Happening is going to be the Andy Rants tonight. So bear with me. And then it's a two-part Andy Rants tonight, of course. And if you don't want to hear about COVID or what's happening in the politics world of Toledo. Yes, we're diving into politics really, really quickly. Then uh, you can you can fast forward through this. You fast forward. Okay, good. Eighty-five percent. That is your rate if you and your friend wear a mask. And one of you have COVID. 85% that you will not get COVID-19. Unfortunately, my demographic, 18 to 39. 18 to 39 folks are getting this sickness. And this is really bad. We, you know, there are a bunch of us that are like me, concerned about what's happening. We have to wear a mask. I don't care if you feel uncomfortable. I don't care if you feel like you're invincible about this situation. Let me tell you something, okay? If you get COVID-19, you have a one in three chance. Of making it. I'm being straight honest with you here, folks. One in three chance. And if you have it, if you have it and you have the mild symptoms, what it's to say that you know for this fourth of July weekend you go to your you have the symptoms or you have COVID and you're asymptomatic, you pass it on to your mom or dad or to your grandma and grandpa and they catch it. Their immune systems are weaker. Their immune systems are less productive. You know what the hardship is going to be. So wear a damn mask. If a person, if one person wears a mask and another person doesn't wear a mask, the likelihood of that person not getting COVID-19 is 8.3%. 8.3% of not getting COVID. If two people one has COVID, the other does not. And the one person gives the COVID to the other person because they're not both not wearing masks. The odds of not getting the COVID-19 is 2.9%. All by the UC Health. All stats by the UC Health. Okay. 18 to 39-year-olds are being affected by this because we are an invincible group. That's why I put the air quotes, invincible group. Well, folks, we're not invincible. We're getting sick. I wear a mask at my other job for 8 to 10 hours a day. 8 to 10 hours a day. I have other people that work, work and wear a mask 12 to 16 hours a day. I have, I have my fiance who is working in the medical field that has told me that people that she sees are getting sick. My sister who works in the ICU is seeing this and she's telling me that this is serious. Seeing people die from this. And people going out and just living their normal lives, thinking that there's nothing involved with it. Look what's happening around us. The cases are spiking. And this is scary. Wear a damn mask. Do you want college football this year? Wear a damn mask. 
Do you want to go to an NHL hockey game in person? Wear a damn mask. Do you want to go and celebrate Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas? Wear a damn mask. For my sake, wear a damn mask. Now, I can understand. If you're going to the park or if you're maintaining social distancing, yes, you could take it off and enjoy it. But for me, going inside, not being maintaining social distancing, wear a damn mask. You go to the grocery store, wear a damn mask. And another thing, too, you're wearing PPE, like gloves, and the mask is fine. Gloves. To those people that wear gloves, I understand that, you know, you're touching the food and everything like that, and you're all safe. But remember, when you're done with the gloves, throw them in the trash. Do not drop them on the ground. Or better yet, don't, you know, just throw it in the trash. Because if you get to your car and you're still wearing the gloves and you're driving your car with those gloves on your hand, you're catching them, you're putting the fibers back on the steering wheel. Are you that stupid to that? And it's not because of the protest with the Black Lives Matter movement. And by the way, I support the Black Lives Movement. To those that have been wanting to know, I support the Black Lives Movement. It is people going and letting their guard down, going to parties, going to situations. Now, I'm going to be going to a 4th of July party on, on Saturday. Already told, told the fiancé, we're going to be social distancing. We're going to wear a mask once in a while. When we can't be, you know, when we're all to, not together. When we're together in the room getting the food. We're going to be outside, of course, most of the time. It's going to be 93 degrees. What do you expect? But the thing is, wear a damn mask when you're inside. Because you're, the air is circulating. About 60% of people... That I pulled when I was at a grocery store recently, we're wearing a mask. Why isn't the 35% of us not wearing a mask? And I say 35% because the 5% are like kids, like little kids, like two to two and under. Two and above, wear a mask. Plain and simple. I'm looking forward to next and uh, one week from today. I'm going to Cedar Point and hearing about the protocols with it. I understand. I totally understand. We have to be better. We have to survive through this. 85% if you have COVID and you have a mask on and you want to talk to somebody in social distance and six feet apart, you have an 80, that person that doesn't have COVID, has an 85% chance of not catching it. Now, you're going to say 15%. Well, there's still a possibility that you can catch the COVID situation. It's all about what you do with your hands. It's all about what you do with your hands. And remember to wash your hands for 20 seconds. You know what I do? When I wash my hands, I sing I Ziggy Zumba from, from Bowling Green. I Ziggy Zumba, Zumba, Zumba. I Ziggy Zumba, Zumba. I do that for 20 seconds. I sing happy birthday. I sing twinkle, twinkle, little star. You know, I sing when I wash my hands. But when you're out in public, especially 18 to 39-year-olds, so you don't give it to your parents and your grandparents, wear a damn mask. And hearing the sad stories of what's happening in Putin Bay is just ridiculous. We have seven cases that are linked to Put-in-Bay. That is just a big old cesspool. And today, the state of Michigan has closed all inside bars. Ohio's on the next page. So wear a damn mask. Protect yourself. And be careful. That's part one. Part two is this.
It was broken yesterday. Four members of the Toledo City Council have been arrested and are under investigation by the FBI for bribery. Larry Sykes is one of them. Gary Johnson is another one. Rolanda Harper is another one. And the third one, I forget off the top of my head if I can pull it up really quick, quickly here. Yolanda Harper, Larry Sykes, Gary Johnson, and then Tyrone Riley. All have been charged and have been released on bail, $50,000 uninsured bond, for bribery. Unbelievable. Shows you what the city government is. Four out of the 12 have been convicted. Not convicted, but they've been charged. And, you know, it'll be proven innocent, proven guilty. But this proves a fact about something here, folks. And I'm, I'm going to say this. You know, term limits are key when it comes to stuff like this. City government is key in our everyday life. Because whether the roads are going to get paved, whether we're going to have salt in the winter, whether you're going to have you're going to have to pay more on your water bill, whether you're going to have to put the front on some projects that they have planned, all rely on these 12 individuals. And for these four individuals, they are long-standing city council people. Larry Sykes has been around for forever. He was on the he was on the school board. He's been on the Lucas County Commissioners. He's been on uh, the Children's Services, excuse me, not the Commissioners. But this is just—I I was absolutely shocked by this. Honestly, shocked by this. And I—I I totally stand with Wade. I stand with the Republican and Democratic. Uh, parties in having those four resign. You cannot. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Elford. It is at all Andy Elford, Facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network. You cannot have that happen. And it's a bad mark for the city when it comes to that. It really is. And when you pull up all this information, you know, about what's happening, it's just it's just bad publicity. It really is. The city is supposed to be thriving. And um, and to have these four individuals who are well-known in the city. Well-known. I mean, Gary Johnson was running for sheriff's office, and he lost in the primary. Har- Yolanda Harper is on this new committee for police reform. You can't have this. You can't have this happening in the city. And these four individuals are going to be held accountable because of this. They really are. They should be, and they will be. By yours truly, and by you, the listener, and you, the voter of the city. If I was one of those representatives, and I, and I you know, this happened, you know, it, you have to resign. This is bad publicity on your part. And I, I go back to what happened to a, a former council person by the name of Bob McCluskey. Bob had the same situation that happened to him. He took in bribes. He faced jail time. These four individuals are going to face the same thing. 
and if they don't, there's gonna be there's gonna be some pro there's there must be problems in the court system. But the first thing that they need to do is resign as city council. And I totally agree with Mark Wagner and let the voters decide, not let the people on the inside control it. Let you, the voters, decide on who should be your council representative instead of, well, we're going to, this person's going to go in to the spot. Let you, the voter, decide. Make it be a special election. We're in July. You know, August, September, have those two months to get signatures and then have a run, have an election, have them on the ballot before October the 1st. So then they'd be on the ballot for the presidential election. Have it be a special election because of it. It's really what I think it is. But the first thing that you, those four need to do, besides lowering, lowering up, is resign from city council. And that's Andy Rance tonight. As you're listening to the program right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning into the program tonight as we have come to the end of the program. But today, of course, July 1st, is Canada Day. Yes, it is Canada's holiday. It's their version of the 4th of July, but um, they have a lot to celebrate for. Um, their cases in COVID-19 are starting to go down just a little bit, and um I got to give a tip of the cap to Justin Trudeau on that as well as well as the Canadian government as they're doing a fantastic job up there controlling the virus and to the Canadian you know people for controlling the virus as well too. Just wish that we could do the same thing here in America. Wear a damn mask. That's all I have to say. But um, on this Canada Day and to all my Canadian listeners, I appreciate you and continue to subscribe. Of course. Great people in Canada. I've met so many great people. And uh, we have so many great entertainers in Canada, of course. We have Sarah McLaughlin, Alanis Morissette. You have Avril Lavigne. Of course, Michael Bublé. Can't go wrong with that. Brian Adams, Burton Cummings, as well as some great Canadian actors like Martin Short as well. The late John Candy was one of them as well. Uh, Eugene Levy is one of them. Um, And... You know, it's the list goes on and on. Michael J. Fox, great, great Canadians, great Canadian athletes. Steve Nash in the NBA, of course. Todd Walker from Major League Baseball, and all the countless of NHL players, and and as well as players that want to be in the NHL, as well as in the minor leagues, all the walleye players that are Canadian as well. I thank you for for your for being. You and I thank the I thank Canada for everything, you know, and to all the Canadian listeners and to all the Canadian viewers and the, all of my Canadian friends. This is for you. Oh, land of blue, unending skies, mountains strong with sparkling snow. A sense of freedom in the wind or the emerald fields below. To thee we rise, our hopes, our dreams. For thee we stand together, a land of peace we proudly fly. The maple leaf forever. Happy Canada Day. God bless you guys. That's going to wrap it up for all Andy Alford tonight right here. We'll be back on Friday for a special Facebook Live edition as we get you set for the 4th of July holiday weekend. Looking forward to being on the show with you guys. But until then, this is Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keepers, stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home, and to my teams, go Jackets! Go Walleye!
Go Reds and go Tigers. And go Falcons. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great night, everybody. Happy Canada Day. And I'll talk to you guys on Friday. Love you. Talk to you then. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, true patron love in our sons' command. With glowing hearts we see derides the true north strong and free. From far and wide, O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land glorious and free. O Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Oh, Canada, we stand on guard for thee. Love you. Happy Canada Day. Talk to you guys on Friday.